This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. This is a podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. Remember to follow the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to us on whichever app you use to listen to podcasts. Notorious Bakersfield is on Apple, Spotify, Google, every podcast app that's available. If you enjoy Notorious Bakersfield and would like to show your support, you can buy me a cup of coffee. The link to buy me a coffee is in the show notes. Since it's February, the month of love, this episode and the next two episodes will be about love gone wrong. So, as Valentine's Day approaches and you're feeling down because you're single, the next few stories should make you feel a little better about your relationship status. And if you're in a relationship, pay attention, beware, and good luck. There are a lot of rumors out there floating around about the historic Padre Hotel in downtown Bakersfield. Many of them are 100% false. Most of these stories aren't based on any evidence whatsoever. These rumors have given this iconic Bakersfield landmark an unfortunate reputation. However, this notorious Bakersfield story you're about to hear about the Padre Hotel is documented, verifiable, and true. This is the story about the 1968 Padre Hotel murder. The Town Casino was the name of the cocktail lounge located inside the Padre Hotel's lobby. I don't have first-hand knowledge about the bar's atmosphere in 1968 when the story that you're going to hear about happened, but I do know what it was like in the late 1980s and early 90s, because that's when I frequented this bar. So let me give you my perspective of this establishment from my era. Nobody ever said, let's go to the town casino. We said, let's go to the Padre or meet me at the Padre. We just knew it was the bar at the Padre Hotel. There were two entrances bar patrons used. One open to the hotel's lobby. The other entryway was from the sidewalk on H Street. Immediately upon stepping foot into the bar, the first thing to grab your attention was the dimness. Like most bars, the town casino didn't have any windows. The next thing you noticed was the aroma, cigarette smoke and alcohol. The pungent smell of stale cigarette smoke and alcohol slapped you in the face as soon as you walked through the doors. And there was no specific demographic that hung out at the bar. Young and old, office employees, school teachers, blue-collar workers, and business travelers visiting Bakersfield all rubbed elbows at the Padre. Hardcore drinkers of all ages mingled with the occasional drinkers. It really was Bakersfield's proverbial melting pot. The misfits and the straight-laced found common ground 
at the Padre. Even when I had no reason to question my presence at this den of eclectic characters, I always had the feeling that I was doing something wrong, like it was a dirty secret to even be there. Yet, oddly, I always felt comfortable there. It never felt like I was being judged by anybody present. That's how I remember the vibe at the town casino, the Padre Hotel's cocktail lounge from the late 80s and early 90s. And I don't imagine it was too different from how it would have been in the late 1960s. Late in the afternoon of Tuesday, and the day of the week is important detail you'll discover later in the story. It was Tuesday, December 17, 1968. Ellen Finch, a 52-year-old married mother of four, ducked into the town casino bar with her 29-year-old boyfriend, Leo Zuniga. I need to note here, I've read conflicting accounts of Leo's age. Two different sources list his age as 26, 28, and 29. So I have no idea what his real age was. He was 26, 28, or 29. Um, Ellen, an attractive, middle-aged redhead, worked as a waitress at the Brock's Department Store Cafe just a few blocks from the Padre Hotel. In public, the couple's age difference drew awkward glances from strangers. The dimly lit bar provided the lovers the refuge they needed. Ellen and Leo just wanted to relax and enjoy a couple of drinks. They were sitting at one of the half-dozen cocktail tables scattered around the bar. Only a handful of other patrons were there. The town casino was decorated for the holiday festivities that were just around the corner. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year was painted on the mirrored wall behind the bar. In the center of the mirror was a painted Christmas tree. A little after 4 p.m., Ellen and Leo had finished their first round of drinks and were waiting to order their second when the 8th Street door to the bar flung open. Sunlight poured in from behind the figure standing in the doorway. It was Kenneth Finch, Ellen Finch's 49-year-old husband. Kenneth started shouting. Leo was sitting facing the door, but Ellen's back was to the door. Even though she didn't see him walk in, she recognized his voice. The balding middle-aged man walked straight to the table of his wife, and her young boyfriend. Kenneth told Ellen to get her coat and leave with him. As he walked his wife to the door, he turned around to face her boyfriend. Ellen proceeded to exit the bar. Kenneth walked back to the table. Leo stood up. Kenneth raised his hand that gripped a twenty-two caliber pistol. and fired a volley of six rounds. The younger man attempted to dodge the bullets. Four of them struck the mirror behind the bar. Leo staggered and fell to the ground just a few feet from the table. 
Kenneth Finch exited the bar. He rushed past his wife outside on the sidewalk. She had heard the gunshots and was going back into the bar to see what happened. Kenneth Finch dashed to his car sitting on 8th Street, where the couple's 14-year-old daughter was waiting in the front passenger seat. Kenneth opened the door and tossed the gun into the back seat. Before getting behind the steering wheel, Kenneth told his daughter, quote, I just shot your mother's boyfriend. And he put the car in drive and took off. A patron who had witnessed the shooting ran outside and flagged down a passing Bakersfield police officer. The witness pointed out Finch's car as it drove south on 8th Street from the Padre Hotel. The officer was able to catch up to the older blue Chevrolet sedan at about 17th Street. Kenneth Finch pulled his Chevy to the curb got out and approached the officer. The first thing Finch said to the policeman, quote, I guess you want me. Kenneth Finch was immediately taken into custody. After being read his rights, Finch told the officer, quote, I had to do it. I begged and pleaded he wouldn't leave my wife alone. Leo Ornalis Zuniga later died at Kern General Hospital from his wounds. His funeral was held in his native San Angelo, Texas. He was survived by his parents, four brothers, and three sisters. I'll be right back with details about this love triangle and what was disclosed during Kenneth Finch's legal proceedings. Do you like getting an upgrade for free? Well, who doesn't, right? Divadoo's Luxury Pet Salon is offering a free SuperDoo package to notorious Bakersfield listeners when a regular groom is purchased. Divadoo's Luxury Pet Spa is located at 3409 Wilson Road, right across from the old Kmart building on Wilson. Divadoo's specializes in poodles and doodles. While in their care, your pet will receive a warm bath, shampoo, and haircut. They'll get their nails trimmed and filed and their ears clean. Mention that you heard about Divadoos here on the Notorious Bakersfield podcast, and you'll receive an upgraded SuperDo package for free. The SuperDo includes upgraded shampoo and conditioner, a paw treatment, breath refresh, cologne, and a bow or bandana. Call 661-827-7591 to book an appointment at Divadoos. A coroner's inquest was held three days after the shooting to determine the cause and manner of Leo Zuniga's death. At this inquest, it was revealed that Kenneth and Ellen Finch were having ongoing marital issues. Ten months prior, Ellen moved out of her family's home. She claimed to have moved in with a female friend, but later her husband learned she was actually living with Leo Zuniga. Kenneth Finch desperately wanted his wife of 26 years back with their family. In order to get her back, the couple negotiated. They mutually agreed that if Ellen 
moved back into the family home, she could continue to see her boyfriend, Leo Zuniga, two days a week. They established that those two days would be Wednesday and Saturday. When Kenneth Finch went to see his wife at her place of employment, the Brock's Department Store Cafe, on Tuesday, December 17th, she wasn't there. For some reason, he knew he'd find her at the cocktail lounge at the Padre Hotel. And when he saw that she was in the company of her boyfriend on a day that wasn't one of their mutually agreed days, Kenneth Finch lost his temper. The pathologist who conducted the autopsy on Leo Zuniga's body testified at this inquest that Zuniga suffered four bullet wounds. Three of the wounds either passed through or grazed his body. The fatal bullet pierced his heart. It took the coroner's jury of nine people 15 minutes to rule that Leo Zuniga's death was a homicide at the hands of Kenneth Francis Finch. The Kern County District Attorney's Office charged Finch with first-degree murder, and he was held in the Kern County Jail. Finch was represented by veteran Bakersfield criminal defense attorney Morris Chain. Almost a month after the killing of Leo Zuniga, the accused murderer was released from jail on $5,500 bail. Later, Morris Chain handed the case over to his firm's newest member, Timothy Lamucci. In February of 1969, Lamucci negotiated a plea agreement with the DA's office for Finch to plead guilty to a voluntary manslaughter charge. Kenneth Francis Finch did exactly that. He pled guilty to the voluntary manslaughter charge and was sentenced to prison for a term of 1 to 15 years. I have no idea how many years he actually served. Um, That's kind of where the story goes cold. Um, I do know that Kenneth Finch passed away in 1987. Being a World War II veteran, he was buried in Bakersfield's National Cemetery. Like I said earlier, I have no idea when Finch was released from prison. I also don't know what became of the Finches' marriage. I don't know if they stayed married or eventually got a divorce. Resources used to research this story, the Bakersfield Californian, the San Angelo Times, and findagrave.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another notorious Bakersfield story.